Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. of May 2012. This is the Skeptic Wire episode number 57. Yay! Yay! I am your host, Gary Lawn. Oh, yes, right. I'm going to be the host now. Yeah. Gary Lawn. Why take not? Some, take some pride in your... I am, hey. I, ownership. I yes. know, because, you know, I, I vacuum the floors every time you guys come over. And we're very thankful. Except for last time. Fuck last time. Anyway. Whatever. Um... <laughs> Wow, was there was the some past. anger there. <laughs> yeah. Should that we was... delve into that and deal with your anger first, or should we actually get along with the you know show? I'm your host, Gary Lawn, and with me, as per mostly usual, are Donna Swafford. Hello, hello, hello. And Greg Perrine. I am the Lindbergh baby. The cheese? Yes. <laughs> Limburger baby? Yes. Okay. That explains a lot. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. You almost said it in a Scottish accent. Don't do a Scottish accent. <laughs> it's it's hard to just start a Scottish accent. You have to start swearing first. Then it really gets you into the Scottish yeah, well, accent. Well, you can't do a proper Scottish accent because you don't drink. Yeah, I'm sorry, Neither can you do a German accent. <laughs> or a French accent. Basically, you're stuck with American. Yes, because Americans <laughs> don't drink. Well, we have this whole religious fervor thing going on. <laughs> I want to make some kind of joke about religious fervor, but I, yeah, anyway. Uh, we should probably move on. Moving on. Uh, what do we have for birthdays? Well, we have several possibilities. There's Howard Carter, a British archaeologist who... Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> who, as Donna probably can tell you, what did Richard Card- Howard Carter do? <laughs> Howard Carter discovered King Tut's tomb. Wrong! I mean, yes, you're right. Uh, (laughs) I'm a... (laughs) Yes, you are absolutely 100% right. And he is today's Google Doodle. Oh, cool. And he he died of natural causes many, many years after opening Tootsies. Yes, after opening Dustin Hoffman's tomb. He lived many, many years. <laughs> you mean the tomb of Dustin Hoffman's career? Yes. <laughs> Another possibility for this day in birthdays is William Moulton uh, Marston, a American psychologist who's one of the innovators of the polygraph techniques of, you know, blood pressure and all that. And also he was one of the invent- co-inventors of Wonder Woman. <laughs> okay. Seriously. I nearly spit on my computer, you bastard. <laughs> There's also Catherine Coleman, who is a famed evangelist. Wait, you're just going to stop right there and not go into details of how he was the inventor of Wonder Woman? He was he was basically a feminist-type guy, and he wanted basically more stronger women out there to show the strengths of women so that they would be soft, demure, and pretty like a woman should be. So more tits. Yeah. Yeah, because I hate to say this, Wonder Woman, she's got back. Yes. <laughs> So he based the character of Wonder Woman on his wife, Elizabeth Holloway Marston, and Olive Byrne, 
who um, also happened to live with the couple in a polyamorous re- relationship. So awesome. So that's why she was an Amazon then. Yeah, I guess so. But so Nothing there are ever. many possibilities of birthdays today. Mike Wallace, John Ashcroft, Candace Bergen, Billy Joel. But the most important thing is last night I became an uncle. Okay, I, I'm still I'm still weirded out that Billy Joel had something to do with um, skepticism and atheism and science. No, uh, no. with Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, Billy Joel had nothing to do with Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Neither did Candace Bergen or John Ashcroft. Oh, you were just listing them off. Other as birthdays, birthdays from today. I got gotcha. you. But the important thing is that my nephew Connor Avery, quote unquote, Optimus Perrine, was born last night. Congratulations huh? to the proud parents and. Our physics contributor via the internet (laughs) for when we don't understand those really complex problems. Yeah. Well, so when something comes into the world, another thing, unfortunately, has to leave. And um, this is a callback to uh, many, many, many many moons ago. ago. Uh, (laughs) David, our our former co-host, David, yeah, sent me a text saying, hey, um, the sacred white buffalo called White Medicine Cloud, which was an albino buffalo born in Texas uh, last year, I guess. Yeah. And was supposed to bring great peace and prosperity to, to everybody. Did it bring great peace and prosperity to everybody? Unfortunately, um, someone killed it, and they don't know who. Was was the word killed used in the article? Was a different word used? Killed and skinned. Okay, I heard massacred, but... Uh, well, that would probably be a good one. I don't know. Uh, the details are sketchy. Uh, they haven't really released a lot of details on what, but apparently they recognized the, the, the coat, the skin right. of it. So it was pretty well mutilated, appa- apparently. Uh, according if we're reading between the lines, which I am. Someone's a little desperate for stakes, I guess. Well, the latest news now is that some people are looking for this to be considered a hate crime uh, because oh. they're not certain who did it, and they, I guess they, they seem to have known that the people who are watching over the bull, who uh, or the calf, uh, were going to be away, and that's when they uh, swooped in and, and stabby, and stabby, stabby. Yeah. So, sad news. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Texas uh, has lost another tourist attraction. It, yes, yes, and so have the Native Americans who were taking care of it. But hey, um, there may be wealth and prosperity to whoever solves the crime because it's up to like a $45,000 reward. $45,000 reward? Yep. Over 45000 So if you know anything Donna about it... Donna did it! it. <laughs> I was about to say that you did it, but I'm actually so if, really hesitant to actually make that claim on the radio. So if if you know... Can somebody actually takes it seriously? Contact the Texas Rangers. Uh, the Hunt County Sheriff's the Office. The baseball well. team? No, the actual Texas Rangers. Oh, okay. Texas Rangers Office. But there, there is a thing called the Texas Rangers. They are Rangers of Texas, and they're law enforcement. And they will shoot you dead. In fact, um, Chuck Norris, I think, is an honorable ranger, in spite of him being not a, being an honorable human being. Yeah, exactly. Oh well, he'll be in the Expendables too. All mm. right, <laughs> Barry Obama today, very excitingly, came out uh, officially in support well, no, of gay marriage. He didn't come out. I, I, that would have been a lot bigger news. <laughs> 
you know, it, okay, everybody's been talking about how he's come out for gay marriage. What he said was he personally supports it, but, and there was that but, that it is still a state's rights issue. So he kind of wishy-washied on it. Kind of like he does on most things lately. True, but at least he stated his personal opinion finally. Because his personal opinion has been generally even more hemming and hawing about... Well, I don't know. You know, marriage is a special thing, and it should be civil unions. At least now he has said, I think it. You know, gay marriage. You know, anybody who's an adult should allow to. Well, get married. in '95, he came out and supported gay marriage, and then quickly changed his tune when he became a, a U.S. Yeah, stopped talking about it. <laughs> you know, and 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 did the him and Han. Sometimes and you have to do the politically expedient thing, not to uh, give him support for doing that. On the other hand, speaking of flip-flopping, <laughs> Fox News immediately afterward came out, says, uh, on their headline, Fox Nation ran the, the headline, Obama flip-flops, comma, declares war on marriage. An hour later, they change it to Obama flip-flops on gay marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fox Nation flip-flopping. Well, you know that... This is going to be one of the big issues of the election now. Uh, could be. Because it's really going to divide the the conservative right from everybody else. Uh, I think I think it's going to be more not not so much between the Democrats and the Republicans. I think it's going to be a big thing within the Republican Party. Right. Because as yeah. far as as far as the Democrats go, for the m- most part. A good majority of Democrats are in favor of equal rights for that. Right. So I, I think he's just trying to draw in the independents. That's a broad. He's also trying to brush, draw in though. the younger generation because if you look at the numbers from last night's North Carolina marriage amendment vote, the areas around UNC had basically disagreed of the resolution to add the constitutional amendment defining marriage as one man and one woman overwhelmingly. It was like an 80% vote against it. Yet, once you got outside of the, the college areas and outside of areas that were, you know, had a lot of younger people, that's where the vote truly shifted. Yeah. So, he could be courting, you know, that precious 18 to 29-year-old graphic. Right. And demographics. Thank you. Not, not the graphic, because usually those are all, you know... And it was not a graphic interview. He had his pants on the whole time. (laughs) Yes, I'm sorry. I forgot the word demo in front of it. Yeah. So kudos to uh, Barack Obama, I guess. Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm I'm interested to see how this will become a big issue in the campaign, and we'll see what... See, I think you're you're, you're already calling it. You're not, not... You just said, interesting to see it become, and rather than if it will... So you're saying absolutely it's a big I'm issue. Pretty, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. I, I, I think it, it's going to be something that the conservative right are going to call him out on and label him as. I don't and think I it's th- going to be that big. Yeah. I, I, it may not be a Mitt Romney thing, but it may be a conservative oh, rallying cry about the Okay, I'll election. agree with that. I'll agree with that. Yeah. But that's, that's Romney, different from it being a, a yeah. big key point in, in the it, uh, election. But it will be, it will be a folk... 
A lot of people talk about it dur- about the election, but it may not necessarily say come up in a debate directly between okay. Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. I see what you're but saying. But there'll be plenty of super PACs will say Barack Obama wants to destroy your marriage by letting these two loving men kiss each other. Yeah. And then they show two loving lesbians kiss each other, which ah. will turn most of them on. Let's admit this. It's hilarious. I mean, watching like. One News Now and the World Net Daily and all the just like I mean they're like their heads fucking flummoxed. explode. <laughs> well, they're apoplectic. They are they're sitting there having the seizure, going <laughs> gotta think. Yeah, it actually came out fairly quickly. This this graphic, uh, but <laughs> it's got Barack Obama riding a unicorn and then shooting uh, laser rainbow rainbows beam? out of his wrists. It's hilarious. That it's, came out really quick. Someone had that in in the, in the back pocket somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising <laughs> the 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 picture of Barack Obama with the text of "I support gay marriage" or "I want," I think people should be allowed to get married, or whatever. That's really quick to throw together. But yeah. someone someone like, aha! Obama talked about gay marriage to this Photoshop cave. <laughs> exactly. And very quickly they came out. But then again, you know they're. Uh, there are professionals out there that can do it quick. Then again, we're sitting in a living room talking into a few mics, and there are people on the other side of the world who are going to be able to listen to us in a day or so. Yeah, that's true. So technology is pretty awesome. And and if if, so if I really listeners. wanted to, I could stay up uh, after we're finished and edit it, and it'd be up in the morning. But you don't want to. Nope. You hate well, us. Like I said, I, 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 I I'm glad that he has thing. come out with his personal support. <laughs> I wish that he had been a little stronger in his support. Yeah. Well, um, because, you know, I'm sorry. Face. Are you? There's a reason that we have rights and we call them rights. It's because they don't get voted on. Yeah. <laughs> and North Carolina, you can marry your first cousin as long as you don't share the same sex with it yeah. or her. I'm kind of curious. A couple days ago, there was a lot of press about Joe Biden coming out very positively in favor of pro-marriage. A lot more positive Gay than marriage. Barack Obama did, you know, before. And then now Barack Obama... Uh, Barack, <laughs> <laughs> Barack Obama. Well, I remember this. The, when Prop 8 got approved a couple of years ago, I was up in Chicago, and there was a, 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 a protest march about it in Chicago... So there was this protest chant, um, if I can remember it. Obama, Obama, let mama marry mama. And it was kind of hard to say, but you know, uh, there was also papa marry papa. And it was more of the, hey, Obama, be pro-marriage, gay marriage. You know, be, be a leader in this cause. I would have said let mama wed mama. That'd be easier. It was something in the rhythm of it. I, anyway... <laughs> But we had Joe Biden come out a couple days ago really positively in in support of gay marriage, and now Obama does. I'm, does. I'm curious if Biden was just to soften the blow and say, you know, okay, Obama's doing this too, or Biden saying something meant Obama said, okay, I got to say something. Yeah, but I mean, even Dick Cheney, you know, came out in support of his gay daughter. Well, so. if he hadn't done that, he would be even more of a heartless jerk than he already is. <laughs> Speaking of controversies, there you uh, go. we certainly have not one here in San Antonio. <laughs> this is actually yeah. 
kind of nice. It's kind, it of, is kind of nice. It, it, it's, it's lukewarm. The controversy. Yeah. So why don't we say what the controversy is? Controversy. No, and... let's just talk around the point. Okay. I I kind of like that. Let's dance around. <laughs> it. Not, yeah, we're not going to tell anybody what the controversy is. Okay. No, this is not I really lie. Controversy. I lie. Uh, <laughs> So there's a thing called the Coalition of Reason that uh, has been put together by a guy named Fred Edwards, and I think the Dawkins Foundation is a part. Of- I, I believe Dawkins Foundation actually helps fund it. Is, is part of it. So a bunch of free thinking atheist humanist uh, organizations formed a Coalition of Reason. They've been putting up billboards all around the on the country. There was one that went up in Dallas and Houston, I think. Austin, I think Austin, Austin may have got one. Uh, certainly, uh, Minnesota got one. DC got one. Thirty-one other states Florida. besides Texas, yeah. oh, well, including Texas, besides Texas, something like that. Plus yeah. DC. Okay, uh, and San Antonio finally got a billboard uh, and a coalition. We, yes. we got ourselves a coalition. And it's, it's been quite a few months in the making, uh, almost a year, over a year. Fred came down, and we got a whole bunch of the free-thinking groups together to talk about putting together the Coalition of Reason. That was our atheist group. That was the free-thinkers uh, of Central Texas. For, the humanist group. The, the humanist group. The skeptics group. The skeptics group, of which we atheist run. Atheist families. Atheist families. So so there's a whole bunch. And so we there are six, six groups in the coalition now. And he uh, talked a lot about getting the media presence together to do this as a, a united push and, yeah. you know, getting everything kind of out there in the media. And, and making sure that everybody wanted to do that. Yeah. You know, it's basically a one-stop shop so that people, they see the billboard, they can go to uh, sanantoniocor.org and... Uh, that lists everybody that that's in there, and you know because they're all different types of groups, and that that was pretty cool. So they the billboard went up on Monday. Actually, I think it went up last Wednesday. But there is at least the central clearinghouse of this the Coalition of Reason website. Yes. There's also a Facebook page. Yes, where you can you, you know at least on the main website. You can link to all the different meetups and see all the different activities that are going on. Yes. And hopefully, as as in other cities, this can be the kind of thing that just brings out more people who are already inclined to be non-theistic and skeptical and science-based. And hopefully bring in more community members. That's the idea. And that's, that's the point. But, yeah, the, the, the point yeah. is not to... The, the billboard says, don't believe in God, join the club. And then then links to the org, And the whole point is to let people know who are already kind of in the boat to know that there are people who think like them who are getting together and building a community. Yeah. Which, you know, it's quite easy to do when you've got a, a church because it says church. You can say, well, I'm either Presbyterian or Lutheran or Catholic or Roman Catholic or... Roman Catholic or <laughs> Frisbeterianist. <laughs> right. And you can find these places. But atheists and free thinkers, generally, with the exception of the universal uh, Unitarian. There, there are some places, like in, I think in the Georgia um, area, there's a free thought hall where a local free thought group bought an old church, that sort of thing. But that seems to be the exception, not the rule. 
So at least with, you know, the online presence is really where a lot of the newer atheists and skeptics and whatever have really found a flowering community, not just with blogs, but with stuff like Meetup where they can find each other, go to conventions, that sort of thing. Yeah. So at least it's, it's some central place. Absolutely. Right, and the and the coalition reason is simply just an umbrella. It really is. It says, here's the different groups, you know, and just like in a church where you have, you know, the youth group and the young marrieds group and young singles and you know widows and all of it. You know, you have all those little different groups within a church. Simply, the coalition of reason is simply doing that yeah. here. Of, exactly. You know, well, look, and- you you have. Family, you have small children. Join the atheist family. Take your kids out. More family-friendly events. You hate the atheist label, so you join the humanists. Right. right. <laughs> and it's a one one-stop shop. Whereas normally, what you'd have to do is, uh, I mean, like the skeptics, we're not advertising. We do meetup. Yeah. You know, so you'd have to search for the meetup group and think, oh, type in skeptics and, and find the meetup group. But here, you can go to the cor, and there we are. Right. And hopefully that will also get us more uh, widespread so, yeah. advertising. So it hopefully can bring together the community, but it's interesting to see there hasn't been a like angry response to the billboard, but there has been a negative-ish kind of backlash, and there has been some responses. I have some, you know, some that I've read. I'm just curious. What what are your favorites? What are your, like, oh, my God, these people are stupid? Well, okay, that's strong language. I apologize about <laughs> there, that. But. There, there really hasn't been that much. I mean, the news reports that came out on Tuesday were fairly mild. Mm-hmm. And they tried to make a controversy that really wasn't there. Because what, what happened is, is oh, oh, well, here's this billboard that says, don't believe in God. And right across the street, they put up a billboard called the, Think the God, God, which, of course, had been there for a while. I don't even think it's right across there the street. There were like five of them in the entire city, yeah. and they've been up for months. They've been, yeah, right. they've been up for And so they tried to build that. there's one about three blocks from my house. Yeah. And so they, uh, they got some religious people say, oh, you know, I don't think that's too bad. One lady, she said, uh, I was a little bit shocked. You don't usually, you know, you see advertisements for lawyers and cars and stuff, but you don't really see advertisements for religion. It's like, yeah. Are you know. kidding? But, but she's sort, she's kind of right about that. You don't see big billboards, uh, commercial billboards that advertise churches because the churches have their own billboards they're not they're not well, as large you know no i can make and, the argument that okay huh? the mormons have a big billboard campaign going oh, right well, now well that's true that, okay they have the i am mormon oh but that's a cult <laughs> <laughs> no you're right the mormons have have a thing but i don't know but they're not all they're just saying is i'm a mormon i mean it's kind of like you know what you know, I'm an, and I'm an atheist. Really, we should have like one of those. Uh, I'm an atheist. I'm your, you know, I'm your dentist. I'm an atheist. Well, they no, the Freedom from Religion Foundation has those kind of billboards of, you know, show, you know, your friendly neighborhood atheist kind of a little quote and then a picture of like your family or whatever that they have started doing that as well. Right. But the Coalition of Reason ones are just kind of, hey, we have a community, you can join us if you want. The interesting. Th- uh, one of the interesting comments I saw was, um, you know, the 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 text of the billboard was, "Don't believe in God? Join the club." 
There was one response from a Phil Risley, who's at the Delview Baptist Church, and he his his response to that is, "Hmm, I like that. I think it should be a sermon title. I'm going to use it myself because <laughs> you know basically he thinks that people read the billboard and um, I I think that people read that question and it makes them think a bit. Maybe they will go to church next Sunday and find out if there is a God. <laughs> so." Strangely, you actually don't find out in church. <laughs> no, they just tell you, of course there's a God. You know, don't don't question that. Do not use your brain. And uh, But you did get some kind of responses of, well, that's just stupid. Or, you know, it's ridiculous that they're spending their money on a billboard. Or, yeah, well, I, the irony is, is, is hilarious. But, I mean, there, there's some people who get it, and that was kind of cool. And the, what the coalition spokespeople are saying is, it's just up there for information purposes. Yay! Uh, and uh, Jim Parker went on the Jack Riccardi show here, which is a local conservative talk show host. And he's not, like, ultra-conservative. He's pretty conservative. But he's he was like, what's, what's the big deal? Because our the coalition's press release kind of made out like they were... Ex- ex- that the coalition was expecting a controversy and expecting well pushback. in a city with a thousand churches and a and, and an extremely strong Catholic uh, demographic here in San Antonio Roman and Catholic. seeing how a lot of other cities like in Arkansas and everything else that when these billboards have gone up there has been a lot of controversy I mean we cannot forget the Dallas one where the guy followed the bus around right right with his thing you know that's not outside the realm of possibility of happening here. Right. And, you know... Unfortunately, it apparently hasn't. <laughs> and, and San Antonio apparently is far more uh, moderate than we thought, which is good. So uh, Jack Riccardi asked Jim Parker, so what What does Billboard say? And Jim responds, and Jack says, how is that offensive? <laughs> Just says, I don't know. <laughs> So he goes on to say that a lot of people might find it offensive, but yeah, the does. statement "Don't believe in God, join the club." There, it's it's like that billboard that um, someone else has put up in the last couple months. Of it just says the word "atheists." You know, kittens are cute, and it has a couple pictures of kittens. You know, <laughs> and and it's like nothing's controversial about that, but it still stirs up in the right place in the right time. Right. You know, if you put up a billboard about atheism in Notre Dame around graduation, then, you know, okay, there's going to be a little bit of a shitstorm. But apparently, Maybe. you know, San Antonians aren't big on religious shitstorms. Well, you know, now that is to say that the probably the vast majority don't care about religious shitstorms. Start going in and reading the commentary from people commenting about... Yes, there's a whole. <laughs> there's some interesting comments. Why don't you this, tell us some of these? This is my personal favorite. The devil is now openly advertising using normal avenues for followers. In the past, the devil was more like Reverend Sun Mung Yoon, and that's how he wrote it. Who and he would Mung, leave Sun Mung Yoon, <laughs> Sun Myung Moon, and he would lead his followers so. in with false fronts like saloons, gambling halls, and houses of ill repute. Only later would the victims find out that they were now the devil's people or moonies. Now, the homosexuals in Hollywood have so glamorized the devil that he is able to attract some who will willingly give up their souls and go straight to hell. And this is just 
like one bit in a long screed. Yeah, there's a lot of I don't understand why the atheists would do this comments. There's a lot of you know why are they only attacking the Christian God? Yeah, oh you know, I love that one, yeah. You know, there's obviously a God, you you know, you can see him everywhere that kind of lovey dovey kind of uh, condescending thing. Yeah. yeah, but my personal favorite who cares about the signs? Keep your eyes on the road. Even the Lord Jesus Christ can't protect you from San Antonio drivers. Personally, <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> I think that one's from our side. <laughs> you know, I just... Because, A, it's true, really. Eyes focused on the road. It's where yeah. your eyes should be. Um, And let's admit it. San Antonio drivers, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It's yeah. not always the best situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but well, maybe maybe it'll make people f- drive nicer. Yeah. Don't believe in God because you're gonna meet him. Ha! <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm a firm. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm a firm believer that in in San Antonio that there is this synaptic response that happens around seven in the morning and goes to about nine, and then about four in the afternoon to about six, where the brake foot horn. And middle finger are all operated on the same nerve bundle. I so, don't know about the horn. San Antonians don't use. The, okay, granted, I'm also comparing it to overseas. <laughs> Compared to overseas, where they basically uh, it's they're, they're using the Morse Morse code, yeah, to express how angry you are. Yeah, no, it's not even angry. It's just like. There's a hello one, there's a hey, I'm coming around you one, there's a I'm slowing down, there's a I've died and I'm still driving one, there's... <laughs> I'm listening to Fresh Air on NPR. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it gets really complicated. Yeah. Yeah, very complicated. Alright, well, I think we've killed that one. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the what sums up how... not Well, kind of lukewarm the response to this billboard has been is on some of the... The, the text on some of the, the, the internet postings on what's been happening about this, the actual articles from the TV stations or whatever, sometimes it looks like they didn't actually proofread the damn thing. One of them actually <laughs> says that the sentence, the billboard is not be a new idea. Yes. So maybe they just kind of had a bad transcription, but, you know, maybe you want to look over the thing. Yeah, and I know that uh, one of the spokesperson was, um, you don't you don't have to feat us, F-E-A-T, rather than fear us. On the other hand, we did get front page news in the uh, front page on the Express News. Oh, good. So down at the bottom. So that was kind of cool. That, the whole point is not necessarily to controversy, but controversy is good. Controversy can help, can help publicity, right? Which is the main point. Which is the pain. But we got pl- publicity, yep. and so that's good. So, yay! San Antonio Coalition of Reason dot org. Should also say thanks to Fred Edwards to for helping yeah. us out and and getting that rolling. He's a good man, that man. Probably yes. still helping us. I would imagine so. <laughs> yes, and Joseph, their internet guru guy, amazing guy to work with. Sweet. Good old Joseph. Oh, yeah. He just... Good group of people. Yes. Greg, what do you got for us this week? Well, um, I know we're going to be a little bit more upbeat later in the show, so I thought I'd bring us down and make us really, really depressed. Good Lord. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome, audience. Um, 
a few days ago, I posted... Why? I, <laughs> because I like to have interesting discussions with you guys, my friends. And uh. one of the things that's you know important to talk about is grief and loss um, and bad things happening. Um, a couple days ago, I posted to the main Facebook page for Skeptic Wire an article about uh, a man named uh, Peter Thompson, who a year ago was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Hmm. And um, I have a, a friend with multiple sclerosis. I it's know several people for, with MS. I've yeah. actually done charity walks for multiple sclerosis, 50 miles at a time. So I used to read books when I was in grade school for it. <laughs> they had a read, you know, go and get your parents and their friends to sponsor you, and they'd oh, pay yeah. you per book. Oh, okay. I think and I, yeah. since I was a little geek even back then, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I used to do, like, the little charity rides and stuff like that. Yeah. So multiple sclerosis is a tough disease to pronounce and also a tough Much disease like to live with. There's yes. a lot of uncertainty. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, fear about what's going to happen a year down the road, five years down the road, ne the next day, because it's a very unpredictable disease. So um, this guy, Mr. Thompson, was talking about how um, dealing with the shock of being told, no, you don't have just a slip disc, you have multiple sclerosis. This is your MRI. Look, here are the plaques, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um and he, he goes on to talk about what it's been like in this last in this year, knowing that he has this disease and and the stages he's gone through. You know, he's talked about he talked in the article about you know in the space of ten minutes crying in the car after the diagnosis. He went through the stereotypical stages of yeah. grief, and there's a lot to go through. So I thought you know the interesting thing here is that we as non-believers don't have that comfort cliche of there's a plan or God's watching you or if you do die you'll be better in heaven it's okay yeah. you know you'll have eternity it'll be you'll have ice cream right and and I personally really don't find all that comforting I don't like the idea that there's a plan I mean, right. it, besides, I, I don't believe there is a plan, uh, but I, I wouldn't. I don't like the idea that that there would be a plan, and my and my plan would be to have whatever, you know. Right. Uh, your your God's plan for you is to be unloved your entire life. <laughs> Yay! Right? Why? <laughs> that's that's one of the things he talks about as an atheist, as someone who believes in a random, uncaring universe. You really can't have that question of why me. Yeah, and there's there, and to me there's comfort in that that yeah. shit happens and you have to deal with it. Not everything that bad that happens to you comes because you deserve it. Right. So, but that that does raise the problem is what do you what, say? What do you say? Because uh, we've all had uh, people that we've cared about uh, have bad uh, times in their life. You know, friends tragic friends. accidents. Long-term illness. illnesses, yeah, and you know what do you say to your friends when something bad happens to them? I always 
you know, I've I've actually Googled this before because I'm like, I'm not going to say God has a plan because they've already got that. And quite frankly, I don't believe it. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, uh, I'm really sorry. And I'm tired of type, typing, gosh, I'm really sorry, over and over again. Well, sometimes <laughs> that's all you really can say. You're not going to be able to solve the other person's grief right. or or stress or whatever they're going through from the disease or the death or whatever. You're never, never going to solve it by saying the perfect words. Sometimes all you have to do is say, I am sorry. This sucks. This or, is horrible. Not even that or just a simple, I know you're having a rough time and I'm thinking of you. Yeah. That's you know, good that's, yeah. Or if, you, if it's somebody that you're like extremely close to or something, you say, hey, look, I know you're having a rough time. What can I do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, even, I'm, I'm, even if you don't know someone very well, you can say, is there anything I, I can, can do? do? But my recommendation, rather than saying, is there anything that I can do for you, make a suggestion. Hmm. You know, say, can I bring you a meal? Yeah. Can I... Mow your lawn. Exactly. Because... Wash I the mean, dishes. There are times where you, you're so overwhelmed, you don't know what you're thinking, what you're feeling at any particular moment, that somebody says, hey... Can I go to the grocery store and pick you up a few, you know, what do you need from the grocery store? And you can sit there and go, you know what, I, I need a gallon of milk. Mm-hmm. And there, that gives them something to do, and it's one less thing that all of a sudden gets missed in the whole hubble of On top stuff. of a horrible diagnosis, oh crap, I need X for my kids' lunch tomorrow. It's just one more thing that just makes... It crazy and can be the straw that breaks the camel's back. All right. Back. Not Barack. Shut up. <laughs> One of the other things that is is a good thing to do, it, more in the case of an actual death than just someone coming down with cancer or multiple sclerosis or anything like that, is to is to really talk about what you remember about a person hmm. and how. The memories are still alive. You still see, you know, items around the house that remind you of them. And you can tell a story of, I remember when your dad, you know, pulled that shotgun on me because I was dating his daughter or what. It's the best I can think of at the moment. I I swear it's not a Freudian slip. Um, Or, you know, a journal where you can say, you know, oh, you know, you know, this this person always you know talked about the crushes that they had wasn't that funny or you know those kind of memories keep someone's it, it, it keeps someone alive a little bit and can soften the blow to say i'm not alone in this other people remember my dad or my mom or you know my wife or whatever yeah, cuz that could be very comforting that other people were touched you know that that, that the person touched lives yes and and not you know not, in other words it, you know that they touch other people but not in like a Catholic priesty kind of way. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! If we believed in hell, we'd be going to. He touched <laughs> so many children. Yes, we know. That's why the diocese had to remove him. Diocese, diocese, diocese. Well, diocese. speaking of touching, another. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going somewhere with this. And I so is you your on. phone, apparently. Speaking of touching, an, 
another thing you can do for someone who's dealing with an illness or give them a sexy back rub. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> is is just say, hey, let's hang out. You know, let's be normal and let's go. Okay, maybe well, not that, me, but yeah. let's go to a bar or you know, hey, grab a movie. Yeah, grab exactly. Coffee. So basically, the, the whole day to day stuff of just the, being be, there, be somewhere. normal thing, basically leaves me right out of that, right? I think it leaves all three of us out of it. <laughs> Just to be honest. We can be normal for short periods of time. <laughs> Apparently not this conversation, but... Yeah. Uh, so no. so just being around someone and, and and reminding them that they're not alone, you know, even if they're, they have to deal with their their chemo or their injections on whatever they're dealing with or a death... They know that, you know, there are other people around them that they have that community support system, which, you know, talking about this as an atheist versus religion thing, religion does have that bonus of having a built-in community of you find out that so-and-so at the church, you know, her husband just died and everybody makes a casserole and there's support and there's a prayer and... There's a feeling of, I am not alone. There are people who will help me. Mm-hmm. The the only issue that I have with that is, is it's great for that first two weeks. Yes. And then when you need it the most, because in the first couple of weeks, you're, you're, you're either dealing with hospitals and HMOs and all of that jazz, or you're, you're dealing with, you know, Putting, you know, selling a parent's house or something, you know, you you're, you deal with all of it, and then all of a sudden, it's all done, it's gone, and it's quiet. Hmm. Yeah. And that, I think, is actually rougher than, oh my god, my father just died. Oh my god, my brother just died. Oh my god, I have cancer. Right. Well, you, you had a task, and you were surrounded by people who were there immediately, and now, some the people- task is gone. Yeah, some people well, still need support. Some, the people are gone, but the task not necessarily is. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, because there's usually other stuff. So but, it's, but it's not so intense. I mean, you're yeah. not trying to work, or your job is to take care of it, because it's all, you're, you're fizzled out to a couple of things, or one thing, or something that's going to take a while. And like you say, you're just sitting at home, twiddling your thumbs, going, where the fuck is everybody? <laughs> some people need a support system six months, a year down the line, if it's a death or, you know, if they had cancer and they had the surgery, it was still traumatic and they need that support system even longer. You know, you know, maybe they'll go to a support group or something, but the, the, the friends just checking in, Hey, it's been a few months since, you know, your grandfather died. Hmm. How are you doing? All you have to do is leave it open like that. And, and people will grieve in their own way, and they will talk about what they want to talk about. Well, I just think it's important to say, you know, sit there and be conscientious of, you know, you're, you, okay, your wife, you know, your wife died, everybody's coming in, everything else. Be conscientious of that a month later, three months later, and make sure you don't even have to say, hey, I know Susie just died, how are you doing? <laughs> just say, hey, I was thinking of you, what's going on? Be a friend. Which is actually kind of a good thing to do to friends. Everybody. All your friends. You know, had a major loss or a major diagnosis or something like that. Um, and, and 
these are all things that you can do for your religious friends and your atheistic friends. It's the same kind of advice works for everybody. Right. It's called being a friend, not a fair weather friend. Right. Where a lot of times you'll get your religious friend who will be supportive and say, I am praying for you in that way of saying, why aren't you coming back to church? And that just makes it icky. Or they'll they'll use the platitude of, you know, there's a plan, and you just kind of like, oh, for Christ's sake, you know, <laughs> don't proselytize to me, don't tell me about your God and how wonderful your God is, even if I r- worship a God that's similar to yours. You know, sometimes it, that's not the most important thing, and you don't have to make it all about God. Just like in talking to someone about their loss or what they're going through in a long-term disease, it's not all about you. It's not all about how uncomfortable you are talking about death or disease. You know, you have to just be there for your friend and say, it sucks, you know, do you want to talk about the cancer? And they say, no, I, you know, I don't want to talk about, okay. But if they want to talk about it, you got to be their friend and listen. I think the term that I hate most of all is the I'm sorry's because I always want to say, what did you do? <laughs> when somebody says, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Why? Why are you sorry? Well, to me, it's one of those things. It happens. You move on. But at the same time, unless you are directly responsible for it, don't <laughs> tell me that you're Wait sorry. A you gave me cancer. <laughs> You know, it's possible. I, I I see what you're saying, but there is a certain amount of just that's a cultural shortcut. Yeah, it's the one that I hate. Of <laughs> of all the things you can't say. Of yeah, maybe there are better words like, um, well, I, I can't even. It's hard for me to really say it without adding other words. Like, I am sorry to hear that. You know, you know, it must be tough on you. Let me know if there's anything I can do. Right. You're still saying, I'm sorry. It's an acknowledgement that something bad happened. and But you got to go beyond that and not just say, I'm sorry, because sometimes that sounds empty, right. which it sounds like That's, you don't like. Right. Yeah. The, uh, cut the I'm sorry off. Say the I'm, I'm thinking of you. I know you're having a hard time. Do you want to talk about it? You want to go for coffee? Whatever. That's all cool. The I'm sorry's, and a lot of people will just say, I'm sorry. Right. I, 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 I get that. <laughs> what are you, you know, are, but, yeah. But sometimes, like you have some people who are in a grieving situation or in a bad diagnosis situation, some people want to just shut down and stop and deal with it and grieve and focus on it. Some people want to just say, I got to focus on my work. I got to distract myself. So just like there are different people who deal with that kind of, well, what am I going to do about work situation in different ways? Cause people are different. Some people really do need to hear the, I am sorry. And that's all they really need to hear. Sometimes that's all they can hear because everything else is going yeah. on. And they just acknowledge that as long as it's not about saying, I am sorry. So that you get a response. Like, I'm sorry, you you see how I'm feeling bad for you, right? 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 Okay, good. You do feel that I am better now. And, you know, it, it, it goes back to the it's not about you thing. Right. I just feel, you know, 
put your time where your mouth is. Hmm. I'm one of those. You know, anybody can say I'm sorry. Anybody can say, "Hey, I, you know, I'm I'm sorry that this happened." Whatever. Put your time and your actions where your mouth is. Offer to take them out for coffee. Offer to fold their laundry. Offer to cut their lawn. Offer to take them out and buy a fucking beer. You know, you know, you got the cancer. You know what? Let's go get drunk. <laughs> Just because we haven't mentioned it yet on the podcast, offer to buy them something from AdamEve.com. <laughs> oh, do they have bereavement? I'm gifts? sure. A bereavement they, package? Come on, they got to have black dildos. <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss. Here, stick this up your coochie. <laughs> I am sorry for your loss. Here's a video of a redhead who takes it up the ass. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I've said it before and I will say it again. If I did not believe in hell, I'm sure that we would all be going there now. <laughs> What's so hellish about a redhead taking it up the ass? Well, nothing it's unless the you're the timing. redhead. <laughs> I'm sorry that your husband just died. But <laughs> Here, here's a video of a pool boy. There you I can't go. even go there. Cabana boy. <laughs> but the important thing is that's what your friend needs. If your friend needs porn, give them porn. <laughs> it was wasn't that oh wasn't God. wasn't that a sermon on the mount? <laughs> blessed be the porn makers. No, blessed, blessed be the mournful for they shall need porn. Let them watch porn. Oh wait, no, they that <laughs> was Marie Antoinette or yeah, something. Marie yeah. Antoinette. Yeah, sorry. Let them eat pussy. Blessed are the cock gobblers. (laughs) (laughs) For they shall receive a treat. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) I bet Jesus talked like that. Only, you know, they didn't have cock gobblers back then. They were called something (laughs) else. They they didn't certainly quote him on that, but I'm no. sure he talked. Yeah, it was yeah. lost in the translation. Yes, From, I think I think it turned came to be peacemakers. Yeah, in, in Aramaic it's cock gobblers, but in Greek it's, it's peacemakers. peacemakers. <laughs> well, he did walk around all the time with twelve guys. Blessed be the ass bandits. <laughs> For she, they shall inherit the girth. <laughs> well, I think on that note... <laughs> I'll just say that not only was this discussion inspired by our dirty, dirty minds, but... Um, <laughs> and AdamandEve.com. <laughs> yes. There was that, like I said, that article about the guy who was diagnosed with MS, but there was also... There was an article by Greta Christina in... Um, on No, on alternate.org that talked about, you know, how to talk to a atheist who is grieving. And it was talking about death, but it can be applied to many different situations. Someone who's just lost a job, just be their friend, be there for them. Maybe you don't have to do as much for someone who's lost someone dear to them, but there's, um, there's a lot can, can be done. And it's an interesting article to, to read. And it would be overkill if they only poured like orange juice under their cereal. 
I'm here for you. <laughs> Is there anything I can do? Yeah, go give me some goddamn milk, would you? <laughs> Sometimes you're going to be trying to comfort someone who's pissed off, and you just got to take that. <laughs> Sometimes they're going to want to slap you in the face with their cock, and you just got to say, <laughs> okay, you're grieving, I'm going to deal with this. No, I don't know. Not that this has ever happened to me. <laughs> because when anyone throws a rooster at you, you know something's gone wrong. Throws a what? Rooster. A rooster. Like cock-a-doodle-doo. Rooster. Like a cock. Okay. A fighting cock. <laughs> One An that they angry- might slap you in the face with. <laughs> I An see. angry or cock. Throw a pussy angry at cock. you. <laughs> so once a month, we have decided to start the song contest. And actually, I shouldn't say we because it is really kind of a contest between Gary and Greg. It's a brawl. It's more of a challenge than a contest. <laughs> it's a slap across the face with a yeah. It's really it's, glow. Yeah, well, it's a personal challenge. It's not like we're trying to one up each other or anything. We're just trying. We're to... certainly not going to slap each other in the face with our cocks. No, because first Leather of all, I have though. no foul. Leather gloves, though, that's a totally different story. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> the gimp costume? Okay, what? So, <laughs> um, due to circumstances, the guys were not able to finish their songs for April. Which no, the- we just had to wait to make sure they were awesome. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Greg. <laughs> So, tonight we are presenting the April challenge, which was Death and Taxes in celebration of Tax Day, April 15th. Well, celebration, but... Okay. In in honor. In In remembrance remembrance of... (laughs) So, let's take a listen to Greg's song. It is called Bunkum Comes to Town. My name is John Bunkum, I hail out of London, my wares are desired from palace to shire. When I come to your town, your faith won't let you down. I'll feed you the facts and charge you no tax. Step right up, buy a dream, just a few lira. Ancient rites, new age cures, all yours at Costa. Amulets, magical, clean out your aura. Feeling off, hold these stones, they'll straighten your chakra. Buy a trance, so you dance, over hot lava. Fortune's told, read the stars, Venus and Ursa. Bottom blocked, lax your bell with tea of senna. Toxin purge, wash your gut, rinse with hot java. Ten steps for alchemy, gold from base meta. Ecstasy, breathe it in from my fine hookah. Ancient rites, new age cures, all yours at Costa. Step right up, 
Buy a dream, just a few drachma. Artifacts most holy, show off your dogma. I've got a parchment piece, genuine Torah. Lose your way, my prayer rugs always point Mecca. Here's a blade, kills demons, just like the Krishna. Saintly robes, show your paunch, round like the Buddha. Build your ark, cubit style, call yourself Noah. Bones of saints made into beads from your rosa. Buy this tome to submit your life to Allah. And need to clear your old soul? Here's the Pope's rota. Artifacts most holy, show off your dogma. John Bunker, my hail out of London. Some say I deceive, maybe I believe. My patrons think it's real, so I make them a deal. They pay their wish tax, and they just lose some cash. Step right up, buy a dream, just a few krona, wonders from far and wide, brought here by Sherpa, finest fruit all the way from Bora Bora, a pain cures from India, venom of cobra, cure it with powder pale, just like in China, Grecian food, make yourself strong like a Sparta, thousand year calendars, carved by those Maya, Indian tapestries, live like a Raja, crystals clear, brought here by Vasco da Gama, or rhino horn smuggled from forests in Ghana, wonders from far and wide, brought here by Sherpa. Saga, draw them in with perfume, moth to the fire, learn how to swing your hips, catch them with cha-cha, ask the fairy godmother to go to the gala, or bonafide kimonos, be your man's geisha, my herbs will levitate his little fella, learn the words just fourteen to win him with versa, mix potions to snare your baby a dada, or cast a curse to get rid of that barmaid Laura, you can land your chula, worthy of Saga. My name is John Bunker, my hail out of London, my wares are desired from palace to shire. When I come to your town, your faith won't let you down. You pay your faith tax, cause who needs the facts? So Greg, what was the inspiration behind Bunkum Comes to Town? Um, well, I guess one of the broad, very basic, if you squint with the light behind it, inspirations, it's really hard to tell, is um, the Gilbert and Sullivan opera, The Sorcerer. The plot of The Sorcerer is these these two young couples, uh, this one young couple, two young kids, are very much in love. They want to share that with everybody else in the town, so they convince the sorcerer to come to town and brew this potion that everybody else in the town drinks except for the two lovers. And all these people, when they wake up from this potion, the first person they see is who they will fall in love with. So it's one of those usual kind of farcical Gilbert and Sullivan things where, you know, people fall in love with the wrong people. I know I'm going way too long into this, but... Um, so and they bring the sorcerer in to do this potion, and he sings this song when he's introduced... Uh, my name is John Wellington Wells. So he talks about how 
he does all these magic spells. He'll he'll um, channel spirits for you. He'll brew potions, and um, you know and it, what a wonderful sorcerer he is. So I kind of took that inspiration to say, all right, we're going to talk about death and taxes. A lot of woo of alternative medicine of uh, religion of you know. L- quick ways to love or even just things that are far away and you know they're they're exotic because they're far away are surrounded in woo and it's really kind of a faith tax of you know a gullibility tax of yeah sure I'll sell you this thing for 10 bucks that this placebo band that you know cost me 18 cents to make in China right cuz i was going to say the first time that i listened to it I didn't really get the the whole death and taxes thing because I'm, it's it's very it flows really well and that's actually something I really like and it's very catchy. But I, I'm waiting to hear you know the death IRS and agent comes yeah. and kills yeah. John Bunkmers. But yeah, the idea is that you know people who don't have enough money anyway, who are in desperate situations and want that amulet to cure the the witch's curse, you're bilking them out of their money and that is a tax on people who are ignorant. So that's kind of where the tax thing came in. Otherwise, right. I just wanted to write kind of a song about how greedy some peddlers of woo can be. Yeah. Now, you did this very differently than your other songs. And this is very... You, you kind of almost got that, that white guy rap thing going. Well, it's a... Well... <laughs> from, a, from a go... It's a, it's a patter type yeah. of... Or, right. or like, I thought it... It's like um, My Fair Lady, that mm-hmm. kind of uh, Professor Higgins sing-songy, but not yeah. really singing kind of thing. It's the, the, the inspiration of the Gilbert Sullivan, because the, the John Wellington Wells song is it's something along the lines of, My name is John Wellington Wells, I'm a dealer in cognizant and spells. It's, it's a very okay. fast kind of thing, and it's kind of a song rap. And I can't sing that fast because Gilbert right. Sullivan. I am the very model of a modern man of general. I have information vegetable. I can't do it more than that. <laughs> so, how difficult was actually writing this song for you? Writing wasn't so bad um, because I had the general idea of you know the ver- the the choruses of I am this guy who's come to sell you stuff. That was the tax idea, and then all right, what is he selling? Well, I'll just list a whole bunch of shit and do that in a pattern format of, or my fair lady kind of thing of just list off a bunch of stuff really quickly. Um, and I made it easy on myself and I decided to use one rhyme for the entire song. What is your favorite line in the song? Cause I, I, I've got, I've got several, you know, by a trance so you can dance over hot lava. I don't know why that's actually, kind that was of a fun little internal rhyme. Um, I, uh, I think one of my favorites was um, uh, some of the religion ones about you know I've got a piece of the old the the old Torah or you know if if you buy these plans you can build an ark just like Noah but I think one of my favorite ones was in the love and relationships verse of my herbs will levitate your little fella that kind of yeah. innuendo of I'm selling you something that'll really get you going. <laughs> and you can get those at adamandeve.com. <laughs> Good callback. <laughs> um, like I said, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I felt it was just different enough from your other stuff. 
And when the Skeptic Wire Sings CD comes out, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that this one is right there at the top. And yes. so now we will listen to Gary's song called Death and Taxes. <laughs> A little bit more on the nose than mine. <laughs> ripped, ripped straight out of the headlines. different <laughs> very differently yes that is the only way to put it i don't think that a mandolin solo would have done well in I that know. song <laughs> well, well actually i think it would have been very funny to me <laughs> to add that because i was so, pretty much whereas giggling. greg's had a very um gilbert and sullivan inspiration yours was inspired by spinal Judas tap? priest spinal <laughs> tap really yeah just that that really uh over the top 80s Heavy metal heavy hair metal. band, yeah. green, gritty, grimy. I'm gonna fuck twelve women thanks to AdamandEve.com groupie <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely a Spinal Tap influence because I, I was I was going for that. Um, yeah, it, there's one part where I'm like, yeah, when I say yeah, hate the iconoclast, you know, I I couldn't I couldn't do that 80s uh, howl. Yeah, the iconoclast line actually threw me because it just—I don't know—that was the one line in it actually that seemed slightly out of place, and I don't know why. To me personally, it felt like you were reaching for the rhyme. No, I didn't feel that personally myself, but I can see how you might. (laughs) 
Um, so what was your, I mean, obviously the, the spinal tap and everything was the inspiration for the music. What was your inspiration behind the lyrics? Well, actually the, the music was inspired from something that happened in junior high school. Um, do tell. One of my band directors thought it would be funny to go sing to the principal on his birthday. And so he got some of his favorite students to, to follow behind him. Uh, sort of a Monty Python-esque, and we walked into the office singing, Happy Birthday, Happy Birthday, Death and Sorrow and Despair, People Dying Everywhere, Happy Birthday. And so <laughs> that yeah. Death and Taxes fit right into that uh, rhyme, uh, meter. And so from there, everything just kind of fell into place. Because I thought about... These are the things that, you know, in a society, uh, what are we paying for and, and how are we paying for it? So the, the first couple of, you know, uh, first couple of lines I'm saying, you, you know, we have to build roads. We have to build the, the water dikes and we, ha you know, we have to do all of this stuff. And so we pay for that with tax. And then to fight the wars, you know, we're literally paying with we're being taxed with lives. You know, I'm not because I'm not in the in the military, but there's lots of people who are and lots of people who aren't in the military who are paying it with their lives. And so it's it's a satirical look. Right. Because you do kind of make that slap at people like Mitt Romney, <laughs> you know, with the line of unless you can afford a P.O. box in the Cayman Islands. Exactly. You know, and what, what I liked about the, the end, the, the last or the bridge out, I guess, is, you know, we pay the price has that dual meaning. It's, you've got, you're either paying with money or you're with paying blood. with blood. Yeah. Okay. So now the big question for the both of you, what are you doing for May? Damn what it. will be the May song? Renewal. Well, tomorrow I have jury duty, but is that not what you were asking? No. <laughs> you're asking what is what the, is the May theme, theme of for well, the skeptic wire song Day. contest? I was going to say, there is Mother's Day, and April showers bring May flowers, so you could do one about flowers, I guess. That's a possibility. There was, uh, we, we had some or discussion for Mother Day. earlier in the month with one of our listeners, Richard Hannes, huh. where um, Gary responded on one of our Facebook posts, a very Tim Minchin-y um, bunch you. of lyrics about a miracle. Well, it was, thank you, God. Was yeah. uh, was the joke, and and it was about the the guy who had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and thanked God rather than all of the people. So, but that we're not gonna. So uh, the the proposal attacks. there was miracles. Oh, miracles. which can be a very skeptical topic. You know what? I would like to propose that you guys do the miracles. All right. I think that it because Mother's Day we got to save something for next year. Sure, <laughs> that's true. So miracles. It's a uh, miracle. Yeah. Isn't isn't that like the the horse from uh, History of the World Part One? I think so. Miracle. <laughs> or Frau Bruja. <laughs> Bruja. Bruja. So, um, <laughs> here's here's my big question: Would you guys be ready to premiere by the um, by the thirtieth? That'll be the last recording day of the month, so we can actually get <laughs> three I, weeks. Sure. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> this may be the May-June challenge, but... 
Yeah, we just we got off uh, got off a week. Just a little. I'd bit. like to point out that mine was ready last week. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, do you guys? Well, do you guys have anything that you guys want to say about your songs? I mean, is there anything that we haven't really, really covered? No. All, all I, I was laughing while I was recording mine. Just, <laughs> I was giggling because it, it's ridiculous. Well, that's nice because mine almost killed me. <laughs> you know, I like I said, I'm not very good at those kind of patter singing, and just have I, I recorded the whole verse. Each verse in one lump to keep that energy going of, you know, someone barking at their customers and just trying to get all those words out when we have shown on this podcast that my mouth does not cooperate all the time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that almost killed me. Your brain goes ahead of your mouth? Or both. (laughs) But we're we're going to actually put this, all these songs that we've put on the podcast uh, onto a CD and maybe some stuff that, that hasn't been put on the CD um, uh, there's because there's, there's one that would work perfectly with all of this. Um, yeah, I have one or two others so. that right. I haven't been on the show. And would it be a rough venture to say that we would have them for the Texas Free Thought Convention oh, coming up in October? I would say that's a very safe yeah. bet. Yeah, not we, for we'll Tam. Have we not won't be Tam, ready for no. Tam, but probably Texas Free Thought Convention and yeah, end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll have yeah. enough on there. And you Look know what? It. I will. I will make the offer that. The most popular song, and when we get ready to actually debut the CD, we'll run a poll, and whichever song is most popular, I will make a video. Yeah, we'll right. do we'll do a video for it. Excellent. Uh, and the other thing by is, then that, my life will have calmed down a little bit. <laughs> is that uh, the ones on the CD are going to be tightened up? So what you're hearing here really are sort of proof of concepts, or it's kind of the rough the rough drafts because we're going to remix some stuff and re-record and. And fill them out and, and, and actually do we can. make it sound like we know what we're doing. Yeah, we're gonna try. We have yeah. an actual live recording engineer, so yeah. <laughs> at least one of us knows what they're doing. Well, as long as someone gives me their stuff before, you know, a week before it's due. <laughs> and for those of you in the listening audience, <laughs> I think they can figure out that I was giving Gary the finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, since. We had a variety of topics tonight and everything else, and we did want to get the songs out to everybody, make sure that, because we know that there are some listeners that were looking forward to our musical stylings, how should we say? Um, tonight, unfortunately. Wow, do, do, a, do, day, da, da, da. That was kind of a backhanded compliment. Okay. It wasn't meant to be a backhanded compliment. And now, the musical stylings of Greg and Gary. <laughs> Give them a hand. La, 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 la. Yeah, well, uh, I guess since we're done with the songage area, I think it's time for the Lightning Round! Yay! Lightning Round! And that's all the time we have because the songs took up all of our time. So thanks for joining us! (laughs) (laughs) That was the Lightning Round, folks! Yay. Yay. <laughs> it wouldn't be a podcast without the dinger. Without the dinger. Exactly. Yeah, it's there's kind no of our, calling Mulligan on this one. <laughs> it's kind of our fourth member of our podcast. You know, Gary, Donna, Greg, and the dinger. Or, or like the six. Never mind. <laughs> um, <everyone laughs> know. Our penises do not count, Gary. Speak for yourself. 
It's okay. He didn't mean Yours that. can count? One, two, one, three, one, four. One, one, one. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say, well, Gary can't count 21 unless he's Nick. <laughs> Actually, I can count to 32. But, yeah, you know, we're like... <laughs> My nipples are really, really long. Why am I recording this? Just like a little bit too information. Just you just went a little bit over the line there. Most of that was fine, but it was just like one more thing. It's like I I don't want to know about the hairs. Okay. Well. Given that awkward silence, that must mean it's time to end the podcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. Bye-bye. And we'll Bye-bye. see you guys next week. Bye. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. A fighting cock. (laughs) One that they might slap you in the face with. (laughs) An angry cock. Throw a pussy at you. (laughs) An angry. We are not talking about actual throwing of animals here, people. No, we're talking about grinding people with your genitals. Okay, we just need to stop. We just need to move on. Suddenly we're in like the Hobbit. <clears throat> oh, maybe you guys didn't read that version. <laughs> I guess not. I was like, is he back on the ass bandits again? What's going on here? Well, you know, Legolas did the Riddles in the, the dark. <laughs> what have I got in my pocket? That's what it was. Gollum was so pissed off because he lost his cock ring. Exactly. It was a magical cock ring. <laughs> and it rolled them all. I will bet that there is already a porn. Oh, well, yeah. About well, yeah, Lord I mean, of the Rings and okay, it's a cock I'm ring. I'm sorry. I, this is one. Look at the looks that they give in the Lord of the Rings movie. Those are some of the gayest looks ever. Oh, yeah. Sam and Frodo are banging. Just they don't include those scenes. Yes, those scenes were in the uncut version. Yeah, they're in the... the, the, uh, the and the the director's annex. uncut. The, the, it's in, in the appendix at the end of the book that nobody ever reads, where Tolkien is talking about the, the elvish language and all that stuff. He's like, oh, yes, and Bilbo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee, they were fucking like rabbits. <laughs> Plus, yeah, uh, um, Pippin and Mary probably got it on. Yeah, well, the hobbits, they, they had a, yeah. a different view of... Uh, and think of the elf and the dwarf going at it. Who's on top of that case? I have to be the elf. You think? Yeah, the dwarf would crush him. I mean, they're, they're shorter and everything, but elves are very delicate creatures. They were very elegant. Yeah. I mean, 
But yeah. the, an elf can take it. They're like eternal, and a dwarf can be. Dead. Yeah, but he sucked going around eternity with the colostomy bag. Okay, anal sex does not necessarily lead to colostomy bags. Does if we were with a dwarf. <laughs> Only if it's the right dwarf. Because they know how to dig. <laughs> They're miners, you know. <laughs> and I have just confirmed it. It's called the Whore of the Rings. Whore of the Rings. <laughs> From Grand Theft Orgy to Quantum Deep to Whorecraft. One of the wow. most enduring subgenres of quality porn has always been the porn parody. <laughs> yep. I am curious how you're going to cut all that. I mean, uh, edit all that, because I want a lot of that in. But... Yeah. Oh, my God. There's nothing to, to be guilty about. Yeah, we didn't say anything all about guiltiness. Okay, I okay I'm blasphemous. sorry. You just lost your, your husband, but here, take this pipe. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes that's what people need. Yeah, how is that? Some people like need this? a casserole. Some people need some fetish porn. Some people need the casserole. Some people need the salad toss. 